EFL transfer windows, eh? Ooh. Hello and welcome to what we're tentatively calling episode six of the Greatest Manchester Football Podcast, the show that does what it says on the slightly rusted tin. Yes, we are entering your ears, eyes, and let's face it, bloodstreams every Thursday from seven in the PM. I'm Nick Lee, and yes, doing all your business on deadline day is the behaviour of a club that didn't do their jobs properly back in the summer. I know, I know, I agree, I agree. Luckily, I'm joined by a man for whom traditional transfer windows are no longer an issue. Sorry. <laughs> it is, of course, Matt Dean. Matt, how are you doing, man? You good? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah. Thanks for instantly reminding me of my wonderful football club's perils in the in the now non-leagues and how fo- transfer windows no longer apply, along with so many other things that no longer apply. But it's good because you will, you will get like just a night in February. You, you know where you go to bed early and you're just like, oh, there's nothing on telly. And then you'll be in bed and you'll get a signing at the weirdest time. That That's one of the uh, benefits of the non-league. I was, I more, to be honest, imagined a night in February being some big hunk in a metal suit on a horse, just riding, riding down Sheepfoot Lane, coming to Boundary Park. I've got a feeling right now. I'm, I'm your night in February. Oh, hello. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for that, Nick. Anyway, it's going to to be a special transfer window themed episode, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is, yeah. So I'm just going to sit here quietly because we we never sign anyone uh, for fees and they're always tend tend to be pretty, pretty bobbins. But I'm sure we've got two people with us that have got far more experience of the excitement of deadline day and just signing players in general. Than, than I have, so that's that's why it's been a good idea to get these two fellas on. To be honest, well, you get not just experience. We're actually live on deadline day at the moment. We're still at the ground <laughs> trying to sort stuff out going out. So um, you know, this is, I think, possibly first. I, I don't actually know of any podcasts that have come live from transfer deadline day before. So maybe we can get that into Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, we, we are going. To, we are going a little bit Sky Sports with that, aren't we? I suppose. I mean, live. <laughs> live on de- deadline day. So, I mean, please bring us something exciting, Will, something happening live, uh, whatever you can. Uh, At the very least, just get some yobbo with a dildo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take anything at this stage. Forget, forget right. it's open if anyone wants to run down and uh, jump in the back. <laughs> if we'd have planned this properly, um, Nick, that definitely could have been you. That could have been your role tonight, couldn't it? I, I can see. I, I'm I'm exactly the type of smug-looking gimp that would do something like that. <laughs> but then it's just one one step from that to having signs asking for the player's shirts, isn't it? And I can't condone that sort of behaviour. No, so that's true. Yeah. So for anyone who's not seen it before, Nick, you you represent. Well, you don't represent Stockport County because I doubt very much he'd make you an official ambassador or anything like that. But I've, you I've are. Asked. Having none of it, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm with them on that, but you are a Stockport County fan and and one of the hosts of the Scarf Bagara War podcast, That's correct? Fact. Yes, and, and I represent, and again, in no official capacity, Oldham Athletic. And I uh have the I forgot my podcast, the Boundary Park Lists. That's my podcast. Awesome. Uh, Will, do you want to just introduce yourself to those who do not know? Yeah, so um, I'm Will, I work at Work at Salford. I've uh, been involved with the club for quite a long time now. This is my ninth season. Um, I do the club's match day commentary. I'm a massive believer in up the programmes. They will continue in a print format until the day it doesn't, but that won't be anytime soon as far as we're concerned. Um, obviously, we came right up through 
the non-league system and um, in the football league now. So sort of been there through transcending all the leagues that we discuss and uh, yeah, enjoying it. Enjoying nice it. to explain that because I know that a lot of people listening will never have heard of Salford City. So thanks for clearing <laughs> that up. Um, and finally, <laughs> uh, Amos Murphy, you're um, you're new to to the podcast. It's your first episode. Uh, we were discussing before that you have uh, commandeered Andy Crane's broom cupboard, but you didn't know what we were talking about, which um, suggests you're quite a bit younger than I am. So yeah, welcome, yeah. Amos, to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, the big boys usually come in later in the round. So, yeah, just sticking, sticking trees to form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's hope for a shocker on the cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you've, got, you've got a set up there. You've got artificial grass on your walls and... Uh, yeah. All kinds of things. Presumably, that's an, an, an a you know podcast type setup. Are you? What do you want to introduce? What what you do normally for, for your listeners? Presumably, yeah. you have lots of listeners, do you? Yeah, it was the worst gardener in the world. I asked for artificial grass, and they started laying the walls of it. So yeah, they, they didn't get a very good review. Um, so usually, I do um, I do a city podcast. It's called City Report Pod. Um, bi weekly episodes, two a week talking about the wonderful world of Manchester City, which, as uh, everyone likes to say, has no jeopardy in it at all. So, yeah, nice and simple in the in the world of City at the moment. Yeah, well, it's, we're definitely in contrasting universes here, aren't we, with us, <laughs> with us four, for sure. Um, Nick, kick us off, mate. What, what's, what's this? What's, why are we gathered here this evening? Yes, it's Thursday night. And this is what we do on a Thursday night. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to bring some gravitas to it. I'm, I'm trying to be the one on Sky Sports News who doesn't want to be hosting Deadline Day. It doesn't. It doesn't want to be arguing over who's had the best window. That, that's who I am here because I, I, I think if you're scrabbling around to try and find a player in the last three hours of the window, as my team are currently doing as we speak, I think you've got something sorely wrong in the summer. If you, I mean, Man United are scrabbling around for players. That should tell you everything you need to know. Mm. I don't think yeah. I need to say anything more. Man, Man United are desperately trying to add like two or three more bodies. That, that just, just says it all. That's if you're doing your business now. That's who you're getting lumped in with. <laughs> that's it. I'm having it. I'm, I'm dying on this hill tonight. That's it. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be mean mind being lumped in with Man United, but you know. Uh... Oh, I would. I'd, I'd definitely mind. I mean, they're a long way from where we are. So, what, what, what's, what's the general feeling? Is there, a, Will, you're, you're in the thick of it there at Salford. Is it, what's, what's it like on deadline day? Uh, it can be hectic. I've got to say, as far as deadline days go, um, today's actually not been too bad. Um, we were discussing earlier with uh, one of the colleagues actually what the worst one's been, and I think back to January in 2020. That was our first football league season. That was ridiculous. We we were still here, you know, beyond midnight, um, you know, working, bringing players in late because that's when they thought, oh, actually, we need to bring more people in for the Football League. Um, this one's not been too bad. Um, we had quite big transfer news earlier in the week when Brandon Thompson-Sante left us for um, the championship. Um, he's gone to West Brom. Obviously, that was a big blow. He's leading scorer this season. Uh, five goals and two assists in seven games. So it's been the, a little bit of a game to um, replace. Um, 
we brought in a lad on loan from Brighton last week who I think there might have been half an eye on Brandon going already with that. Um, but so far today, we've brought in um, a goalkeeper, which we're expecting to on loan. Um, and we've just announced Stephen Galbraith to come on loan from Manchester United. Um, so that will bolster, I think, some of the attacking midfield option uh, that we've got. Um, internally, it it's a lot of running around. It can be. Um, sometimes you get deals that come up quite late. So it's not always about you're really badly prepared. Sometimes there might be a player you've been looking at and thinking about and it's only actually late in the window where they realise, actually, at my current club, I'm not getting game time. I'm going to take the offer that's there for me. So a lot of other things can, you know, change late, but it's fun. It is exciting still. You know, you get it a couple of times a year. Um, January is definitely the worst of windows. Someone's not too bad. Um, so it's nice to put it to bed on a good note. Um, just obviously from a Salford perspective, I think we've had a pretty good window, really. Um, the players we brought in, they're really fit. The style that head coach Neil Wood wants to play. Um, and we started the season well. So, you know, I think we're really optimistic and looking forward to this first half of the season and see where we are. Is it is it a pain in the arse then for everybody having the window overlap the start of the season? Should it should the should the window close on the kickoff of the season? Wouldn't that just make everything yeah. a whole lot easier for everybody? Yeah, yeah I, I certainly it seems agree like, with that. Yeah, yeah because yeah. like it, it seems like you know you get somebody comes in and, and and offers you I don't know five million quid for your play for one of your players you can't afford to turn it down. All of a sudden you weren't necessarily planning on selling him. He goes, you need to replace him. Everyone's scrabbling around at the last minute trying to sign players. It it, it works all right for the clubs that have money, but it's it's a pain in the neck for those that don't. Surely. Yeah, I what, certainly agree with that. I mean, yeah, because because. Um, for me, when when you finish the season, every single club, whether you badly run, whether you you well run, you, your objective should be getting ready for the season. And if you get to that, whether it's EFL, National League, Premier League, whenever that is, sort of around August, if your squad isn't at that point ready, you have to be asking, what on earth have you been doing? Because last couple of years with COVID, it's been a bit different, but it's a big gap in relative terms, in terms of getting players in and out between, what, the end of May at the latest, up until that that first period in August. And it just seems to me when teams start off badly in their league campaign, I mean, look at Chelsea, the sort of the absolute nonsense they're getting into at the moment. They just love to, it's a, it's a get out of jail card essentially. And it's not really Mm. how it should be. Cause as you say, Matt, it's the clubs who uh, further down the pecking order who can't say no to players leaving. I mean, I'm I'm looking at one in the national league now, Kabongo Shimanga, who's looking like he's going to Birmingham City in, in the championship, which is like a free league gap. And granted, mm. as as you said, Nick, uh, Chesterfield will get a chance to to sort of replace him because of the national league's window going on until. I don't know, like late April, when it, whenever it is at the moment. Um, but it, it still, it still is, it is bizarre for me how you can have a season going on and then suddenly three, four weeks in, if a team's not doing very well, they go, yeah, you know what, we'll we'll, we'll get the we'll get the wallet out and, and we'll bring someone in. Because it was like you obviously back in the past there wasn't a transfer window, so you could buy and sell players mm-hmm. at any time, um, and obviously that was the thing. It was well, such and such is doing really well, so we'll we'll buy him and then. But then the other teams then had the other time to, to to bring in whoever they wanted. So it really feels like it should be one thing or the other. 
Um, and I agree with you, Nick, because otherwise it does kind of make a, a mockery of, of having that time to, to get yourself prepared, doesn't it? It should be like all or nothing for me. You can sign either, like you said, close the window the night before the season starts or just let, let people just sign players all the way through. So you get that stuff that you had in the old days where teams would sign a player with like one game to go just to indulge in a bit of shit hours of it. Just, <laughs> just that sort of thing. Bring, let's bring that back. Yeah. Satsumas at half time and that, that'll do me. <laughs> but well happy with that. Yeah. Does anyone know why it um, it carries on into September? Is is there a particular reason for it? Or well, is a it... couple of seasons ago, it did end um, before the season started, but um, especially in the Premier League, at least. I don't know if it was the same for the EFL, but Europe, uh, those bloody Europeans, those pesky Europeans, said that we don't want to, we don't want to do it like that, and so that the English leagues had to go sort of revert back to the old system. But there was a time I can't remember exactly what season it was, but but certainly in the Premier League, it did stop before that sort of first game of the season. We hear about the Dutch today. Get away from Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. They've actually had to go to FIFA and ask them. Because um, someone submitted something where they closed the window early, so they've actually had to go to FIFA to ask if they can extend it by a day because it closed yesterday instead. Yeah, it's just like who who does that? Like, how, how does that happen? Yeah, I just imagine like fee- the FIFA officers being like, you know, you know, in Mike Bassett where he's put he has to put the note <laughs> under the door. I'd imagine the FIFA officers are just are just like that. It's like, oh, we've we've got some thing here from Set Blatter yeah. in nineteen ninety four. What in the the women to wear tighter shorts? What do you want to do with this? Like, yeah, just imagine it's like that. All you have to do at FIFA to get anything, you know, is just well, the doors aren't thick enough. Uh, the gaps under the doors aren't thick enough to fit the big brown envelopes full of cash that you need to get things done at FIFA. But um, yeah, it all seems to me like football bureaucracy is. A strange thing, uh, mm. you know. It, you know, like law changes, rule changes. Things seem to happen all the time, and it, it's like anything, I suppose. People seem to need to have to justify their existence, don't they, by coming up with something different. Uh, just to go completely off topic, but that I think. Speaking of rule changes, Rashford's offside goal that wasn't against Liverpool, and mm. that Everton goal that was disallowed as offside against Leeds the other night when they were virtually, I mean, how you could tell the difference between the two of them. Like that kind of nitpicking and pissing around with details and law. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? Two two goals that both should have been absolutely fine because if it takes, my thing on it, if it takes forever to figure it out on VAR, then it's a goal. Yeah. If it takes That's that cool. much study. That you know, you're having to bring in, yeah, they're they're bringing in NASA satellites to the sorry telescopes to try and tell the it's crazy. If you're having to watch it for five minutes Hmm. and like to to work out, then it's not a clear and obvious error, is it? You know, it's it's basically, I I do like it when in, in the leagues where the referees aren't encouraged to go and watch the footage back. And you, you'll you'll have this where where the VAR is is watching it back and watching it back, and the referees just stood down on the pitch with players just gobbing off at him. And it, 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 it that must be the closest any of these referees will get to like working in retail. Just <laughs> like this is how it is. Just just people shouting at you for something that's yeah. well beyond your control. Like, Boxing I'm day sales in Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I was. I was at a ladies' game last night. Um, our women's team and the referee actually at half time said, 
you watching some replays on that? Because I was there filming it on the uh, main camera for the highlights and the goals, and the referee actually asked, can you watch an instant <laughs> replay on it? So watch this space. Oh, wow. He couldn't, but... <laughs> times like that, I think I might just take up like ketamine and just go to my local park on a Sunday morning and just volunteer my services. Like, do you want it in slow motion, lads? Yeah, that's my Sunday sorted. Jobs are good, well, it's you know other. Just like to point out that other hobbies uh, and interests are available. <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, right, what were we talking about? Transfer deadline day. That's right. Okay, so um, I mean City. When it comes to City, you can't really complain about City's transfer activity, can you? I mean, it's just yeah. like a dream. Yeah, 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 an actual <laughs> real life robot. I mean, the guy you've again, you've just like got it right yeah yeah i mean to be fair uh, this city window has been a little bit un city in a way usually you know for all the money it's one or two signings here and there i mean last year it was it was jack Grealish, which much was made of that um but this year it's been a mad overhaul and my sort of understanding that is probably the fact that it's a knock-on effect of the sort of the last two three years in football where absolutely nobody's had money to be able to buy these players that City have sort of been stockpiling on the bench. So Raheem Sterling goes, Gabriel Jesus goes, Zinchenko goes. But in terms of players who come in, it's petrifying. Erling Haaland, he, he gives me nightmares and I, I'm sort of a supporter of his. Just the thought of him pressing you and seeing him move, it, it's absolutely horrifically horrifying. And I, I don't... I, well, there was reports this week that Premier League managers are having Zoom calls on how to stop him, and for what? First of September. He's been here five games, and that's that's happening now. I dread to think what it's going to be like in what April, May. He's a player that's always had like not massive injuries, but he's always had the odd the odd niggle and everything. Yeah. He's had kind of the odd knock, but he just gets a month off mid season. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's just it's, it's so scary. It's absolutely no. frightening. Yeah, I've got horrible visions of us getting City in round three of the cup. Oh, then was yeah. oh, I don't think I'll ever sleep again. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw him, when he scored, West Ham won it, he scored the first yeah. game. Yeah. And I saw a video on Twitter of him celebrating. And my first thought was, God, them FIFA games are getting realistic. Because he just doesn't, <laughs> it looks like a computer game yeah. player. It's yeah. weird. I just can't put yeah. my finger on it. But it's really frightening. Like, if, if Hitler made a footballer, that's what it'd look like, innit? Well, well, we can't rule out. Yeah. We can't rule out that there isn't a football lab somewhere mm. where footballers are being developed, you know, uh, for the top level. They're spending so much money on them, you know, mm. I mean, it's almost that pretty much how much it would cost. To... I mean, Lionel Messi was basically like genetically engineered, wasn't he? Just Barcelona got him at 15 and <laughs> pumped him full of hormones and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had him hooked up to machines and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. Game's gone mad. It's it's all I'm just getting images of, of Ivan Drago and, and Rocky Four. Um and just I I keep, I keep getting me and my dad keep going, Erling Haaland, Ergle Haaland, and just saying it wrong just to wind my nephew up. It's to the thing to the tune of Captain Scarlet. So now I can't I don't know what his real name is, it's just Ergle Haaland or yeah. whatever. But you know, so I can't say it right, it's just stuck. But um but he, he's got a little bit of the Ivan Drago about him, and he? just that huge blonde dude. Yeah. Yeah, uh, covered in baby Austin next to Grace Jones. 
He's a, he's a soccer machine, Matthew. He's he a is. Soccer machine. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. He eats goals for breakfast. He does, I bet. Yeah. But he is. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying about like, how do you stop someone like that with physical presence that he's got? and Yeah, and the speed as well. He's rapid. And, yeah, exactly. He's the speed, absolutely movement. rapid. But there's, there's, there's limited... If someone's a certain... Up to a certain size, you've got to say you've got someone like Van Dijk, who's a big centre-half. You mm. can deal with them, can't they, to some degree, yeah. if they're, if they're mm. smaller. But with, with him, he's like, well, come on then. I'll mm. I'll take you on physically as well. It is frightening. Mm. He's like the same and, height and... as me as well. He's like six foot four. Yeah, like, I, I can't run at the speed he can. I, I did. I did a run around the park, and my ghost overtook me halfway <laughs> <laughs> around. I just, I just must have died at about a four yeah. meter park. It's horrible. So how's he yeah. doing it? It's mental. Yeah, because he's a professional I mean, athlete, Nick. Yeah, that oh, it may oh, have, it may have yeah, something yeah. to do with it. And you're not. Mate. But what, it's, it's the other place that you have as well. If you if you manage to stop him, then you've got mm. someone like Kevin De Bruyne lurking in the back, and it's um, it's not a bad problem to have, I suppose, is it? There could be worse problems. Yeah, but it, I mean, it depends which way you look at it, doesn't it? I mean, you're a City fan, so for you, it's all fantastic. For me, I'm already I'm already looking at the Premier League and going, well, Arsenal, when are Arsenal going to drop off this great? You know, because they will, because they're Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they're doing great. Well, you know, you you know, they, they, everything seems to be working for them, and you know, and but City, you just think, well, City are just going to get better and better. Liverpool have already given them a big head start, and you're just thinking, well, here we go, City winning the league again. And uh, mm. then you you end you you know at what point do you end up turning into United? Um, insofar you know, insofar as the way they dominated it, and mm. then disappearing up your own asses, and everybody hates you. <laughs> you know, are, is that going to happen with City? Or what? Because there's a bit, there's a lot of chat between like City fans. There's the City fans that are loving all this, and yeah. there's the City fans that have that have lost the City that that they fell in love with, and all that kind of stuff. How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's certainly a divide, um, and and you do see that people, you know, dropping away those who have had season tickets since the 1960s or whatever, and you know, eventually, and, and part of that is age. You know, we can't all go to football matches forever. Part of that is the fact that it's never been more expensive to go to football matches. Uh, you know, it isn't just a sort of completely apathetic turning the back on it. But but part of that is the fact that we all enjoy football for certain reasons and I've had to come to the sort of realisation that when I go to watch City it isn't the same football that 72 clubs in the football pyramid you could even say the sort of bottom half of the Premier League experience those who float between the Championship and, and the um, and the Premier League as well you, you do have to come to the realisation that as much as you believe this is your club the, the audiences and, and the, the sort of the markets there looking to tap into are just completely different than the ones you you you, you sort of you operate in yourselves and and when you come to that realization as sort of sad as it is you you know you do you do start to understand it and as for the success point of view i mean I, i've seen a line banded about that that city fans must be bored of, of the winning constantly i promise you it is it's it's, it's, it's it's not the case i mean i've in my sort of 22 years on this planet i've seen city sort of as as bad as a premier league club can be without ever having to really drop into the lower leagues sort of like absolute i was looking at some transfers in the build-up to this but you speak about signing some dross how on earth some of those players got contracts and you know they'll probably end up at united by the end of tonight that they were that bad um but 
but then I've I've gone from sort of at the age of twelve having the Aguero moment, and then just what three or four months ago, sort of replicating that with the Gundogan one. So it you know it, it does become tedious a little bit. You know, last night six 0 against Forest, the, you could argue the jeopardy isn't there, but it was still just as enjoyable as it would have been. You know, 10, 15 years ago. Anything that gives Jesse Lingard a face like a smacked ass, he's just fine. <laughs> and Dean Henderson as well. And Dean yeah, Henderson, yes, he, he, yeah. he's another nutcase. Yeah, you I mean, I think... be a goalkeeper, though, aren't you? I think uh, like, we, we've yeah. had we've had a few. Yeah. We've had like county players on the pod. We've asked them about like Ben Hinchliffe and stuff, and they say, "Oh, he's, he's mental." But but then yeah. you say, "Oh, what do you mean by he's mental?" He's like, "Oh, he just sits on his own in the dressing room and trains on his own." It's like, well, that, that that's life being a goalkeeper. That doesn't mean he's, <laughs> yeah. he's bog- but he, he was a truck driver. Uh, ben yeah. Hinchliffe, yeah, he was a long distance lorry driver, which does make you think. Yeah, you have to you know, sort of. Be at one with yourself. Well, Dean Henderson was at County many, many years ago, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's well? right. Yeah, yeah. We've got good. Uh, we've got a good record with lone goalkeepers. Us who've kind of start, played the first ever senior games with us, and then got like John Ruddy, uh, Wayne Hennessy, like, mm. everyone's favourite Nazi footballer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, no, he, he doesn't know about the Nazis. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He wasn't taught that in year four or whatever it was. Yeah, he, he must have been playing football that day or something. Bless him. Mm. Yeah. Twice we've gone on to the Nazis in this episode already, which, you know, again, wasn't expecting. Wayne Hennessy brought it on himself, though. You, you can't talk about Wayne. It's like if you met if you met Neil Armstrong, I, how long would you be talking to him before you went, yeah. so tell me about the moon? And it, it's the same with he, with uh, Wayne Hennessy. It's like his, his name comes up. First thing I think of is his first nine games in, in senior football we won them all, and he kept a clean sheet in every one. Still a football league record. And then I go on to the the, the Nazi salute. It's, it's not. It's not. There's not really much else to talk about with Wayne Hennessy. That's the two main. Well, main at least things. if he's talking to you, he's got that positive uh, record to kick off with. I, I suggest with other people, it might just be yeah. straight onto the other stuff. So well, that's it. I'm just getting visions of me, me meeting Wayne Hennessy and asking him about the moon. <laughs> it's, it's all just going to get mixed up in my get head. And that's up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking more, Amos, before about like, because I've, I've got this thing in my head, because obviously I think it's I think what it is as much as anything is because Oldham have fallen so low. Mm. But, you know, we were in the Premier League and we used to play Man City in the second division. And, you know, like we the gap was always big, but it didn't seem so big. You know, we used mm. to bring City players and show Ralph Emsley built his team off City and Everton reserve players and, you know, players coming from Leeds like Dennis Irwin and stuff like that. And it just seems it's just like every single year it just gets further and further mm. and further away. And then you've got like Newcastle coming in now, and that Newcastle v City game, by the way, that was a great game of football to watch. And like, you know, you're watching the game at a top level like that, and you think, well, you know, it's this is great. But at the end of the day, you've got like royal families owning them and stuff and all yeah. this, and it and yeah. it's just kind of like, it just kind of it just kind of worries me the direction of it all. Not that there's anything I can do about it, but like. Um, yeah, I just start feeling a bit more, more and more isolated from that level of football, and and, and mm. I just, I think with sport, it's, it's supposed to be a competition, and you're supposed to feel like you've got an opportunity uh, to rise up uh, back yeah. from the street. I was going to do uh, what's it? I had the tiger lyrics then. What? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think the the fact you say there at one point, you know, even Stockport County, I mean, Stockport County fans, as I'm sure Nick will love to tell City supporters that there was a season that they, they did finish above City and, and you know, there, there was differences there. But um, when, the, when there are those tangibles and, and you see City sort of go from Division 2 sort of being absolute, some, some of the absolute literally the darkest days of, of the football club and you know the, the end wasn't in sight it could have got much worse um and and you go from that to to premier league title winners in the space of 20 odd years it, it does it, it's hard to compute because it isn't like united it isn't like liverpool it isn't like i know chelsea had a few years down there as well but they were a successful club in the 60s and whatnot and arsenal as well it isn't like these clubs who've always been at the pinnacle of english football it, it's a team that near enough every single club in the football league would have at one point come up against and would have at one point probably beat. I think you could go through, you know, some of the, even the, the 92 now, bar the teams who've, who've come up for the first time. I'm pretty sure you could find a game where they, where most of them had beaten City. Um, and then you go from that, like I said, onto success. It is, it is difficult to, to really compute how it's happened. And, and obviously it happens with money. I, I don't think, if any City support down some money then you know they, they need to sort themselves out essentially but the the counter argument i suppose is since the inception of the premier league it, it's never been any different um if you look at a list of premier league winners i mean united are the obvious ones and you could even go back to, to the sort of the last few years of the first division when liverpool had a monopoly over it and and it's always been like this top level English football, even go further back when you first had the professionalization of it. You, you know, these these really powerful teams from the north of England, uh, Preston North End, Blackpool, Berry, etc. You've always had a top club. It, it leveled out a little bit, of course, it did. Um, when you sort of had that influx of money going into the south as well, when they, they realized that it wasn't just sort of the gentleman who could play football, you could actually make something out of this. But it, it always has been a sort of a distorted playing field. How far that goes, I think, is the problem. Because if City were to go on a say, what is it at the moment, four Premier Leagues in five, if it was to sort of match that trajectory and go to eight in ten, th there's an issue. You're looking at Bayern Munich levels of sort of domination there and as good as as enjoyable as the Bundesliga is below from Bayern Munich, there's always that issue that there there you start to see. There's no point in doing Bundesliga predictions, is there? Because you know who's going to win it, and the same in France, and it's sort of the same in Spain with Atletico. Uh, so with um, Real Madrid and Barcelona. So as long as it stays away from that, yeah, I, I wouldn't sort of have too many sort of uh, issues. But if you do get to the point where City are going eight titles in 10 years, then yeah, okay, have the conversation. Mm, but and it's not just that for me, though. It's 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 how do you start to compete? Like, you know, how does any... I know you've always had certain teams of dominance, but it tends to go that, like, once that falls away, like Liverpool and United have always been the two biggest clubs in the country. Mm. Um, and, and you know, Leeds have had their their, their moments. Like you say, over, the, over time, Chelsea, whatever, Arsenal... But they tend to fall away because that's what happens in sport. Like you can't dominate forever. Mm. You, you will have successful periods and then you will fall away. It's this reluctance at the top level for that to fall away and to stay up at the top and to stay generating all this money. And the only way you're ever going to break into it is by, you know, corrupt Russian oligarchs or yeah. royal families with appalling human rights records. Like, yeah. 
and 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 that's what bothers me because I'm you know I've, I've, my social conscience is getting twanged all the time by, by this with football yeah. and it just you know I think the thing is is though like you know Newcastle fans won't give a shite as long as they, if they win the league will they they'll be like whatever you know yeah um, and and people are prepared to put certain things to one side for the sake of success in football it's it's a it's a funny one because people have different beliefs and value structures mm. and all that kind of stuff don't they so yeah yeah I, I completely I completely get what you're saying I mean I'm not someone who would ever sort of be a, a an apologist for City's owners I, I'd always at the sort of first hurdle say yeah it, it's despicable and if if the City owners walked out of the building tomorrow I'd I'd be I'd be sort of ushering them out I'd be getting the red carpet and saying you know thank you for what has ever happened but now's the time to sort of have those conversations i i think for me the the, the way i look at it is someone who doesn't want these people involved in football at all is, is twofold um at the other end of it you, you sort of yes of course you you deplore these these this uh this model of ownership but you also look at it and go the the opposite side to that coin isn't exactly much better i mean you look at a club like wolves their their dealings are, are "Quote unquote dodgy." Um, just look at the sort of structure their clubs being operated in. It, it's it's not too great. Um, but then as as well, you, you've got the American ownership model, which is essentially venture capitalists coming in and sort of squeezing clubs. The, these historic institutions, United, Liverpool, etc., squeezing clubs until they, they, they're absolutely dry, and and their their connections are, are left to what wanting to be desired as well. And then the other side of it, from the supporter point of view, is. I would I'm always always someone like I presume yourself Matt whose whose social conscience is at play with the, with, with what is going on but not everybody thinks like that and I, I think I, I talked about coming to the realization of sort of understanding the Premier League and, and the, the fact that it's not really football understand supporters that they don't they don't sort of they, why, why do we all watch football it's for what happens on the pitch isn't it now some of us sort of sat here on a podcast take that beyond the pitch and, and we, we sort of we delve deeper and we have other interests in football but at the heart of it most people's core interest in football is that 90 minutes it, it may be going to home and away it may be the piss-ups it may be this that or the other but they are not interested in what happens off the pitch where the money comes from and I would never so for example with Newcastle I would never sort of castigate a Newcastle supporter who isn't interested in that and say you're the problem, blah blah blah, because they've outlived. Oh, sorry, they they were here before the owners, and they'll be there after it. And to sort of pin the blame on them for me doesn't sit right. Whereas if somebody wanted that conversation and they wanted that that with me, if someone said came to me like, what do you think of City's owners? I'd be open and honest about it. And and I think that's how you have a genuine conversation as opposed to sort of creating this tribal issue where people get the backs up about it if you say to to someone you know your owners are this that or the other and then it, uh, you get a lot of what about you I suppose and i don't think that's really helpful for anyone's cause well this, i mean that's the thing it's not it's not um it's not the fault of you know fat barry off yeah <laughs> from newcastle is it who, who just yeah. goes every week and drinks 12 pints and all the rest of it, it's it's the game itself. It's the infrastructure to get. Yeah, it attracts so much money now. So much greed. You look at all the people around it. It's that's that's the issue, isn't it? Football attracts hist- and it always has attracted like dodgy people, like mm. and selfish people and greedy people. Um, and I just 
it's never really been any different. <laughs> it's just that now the sums are, are just getting more and more and more and more and more. And I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's important to keep having these conversations about football and, and, and the effects that it has on the wider community and how much money is, where's all the money going? You know, like all mm. that money that's generated by football, all these, all these fees, it's going to agents so that they can buy, you know, can ponce around in big cars and, you know, waste money on, whatever shite they spend it on and like they're taking it out of the game and that and and then that's what bothers me that kind of thing that, that, that yeah. bothers me so uh i think we should probably lighten the tone and ask will if there's any signings been made at salford uh, bringing in the the live uh transfer room yeah i was just trying to work out if i could do a tickle on the bottom <laughs> of the screen breaking news um yeah we we've just um bought in odin bailey um, attack midfielder, uh, two-year deal from Birmingham. Um, he's he's going to be the replacement for Brandon Thompson-Sansay, sort of. Um, he's got experience in the league, too. He's been with Forest Green Rovers. He uh, played in the SPL last year with Livingston, um, so he'll come in. He'll add some attacking Pinaz, I think, back to our front line. Um, and with that, sort of rounds up our transfer, uh, our transfer window. Um, that that's all we're expecting. Should be nothing else coming in. Um, hopefully, no one else going out at this time because everyone wants to get going now. So, break, breaking news. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's deadline day and transfer window completed. That was One, good. Yeah, that was lying. miles that was, better than Sky, Sky Sports News. Drag, <laughs> dragging stuff out for looking top. And that was just straight to the point. No messing about. Delivered. And luckily, no one behind with. Yeah. Animal objects. So, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for the player to walk behind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, we're all good. I've um, I've just got the groundsman now wanting to lock up and uh, throw me out. So, well, don't worry. It's a good window. Yeah, that's yeah. the behind the scenes uh, part of it. Um, so, to ask just on a um, stop port point of view, Nick, um, how how do you feel your guys' window's gone? I think, particularly in light of the way the season's started. Yeah, it was a. I I I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to moan, like when it, when it was all going on in the summer, because Russ, who had, who obviously joins us on air and is also part of the show I do with him, he he thinks I've got a big hard on for just whinging all the time. But <laughs> I, when we were in the national league, it was a case of bringing players from League One and League Two, and now we're in League Two, we're bringing players in for the national league, which is all well and good if you're mixing it in with proven football league players, which we've not done. And now we're in a situation where we've got two and a half hours of a window left, and we need a striker. We needed needed a striker from the start of the season, someone with a bit of pace, because that's the one thing lacking in our team. We've let Scott Quigley go to Rochdale, and as of yet, there's no sign of us. I'm, I'm getting serious Sunderland till I die vibes at the moment. You know where they end up just jizzing silly money on Will Grigg at midnight. That, that, that's that's what I'm, I'm expecting now. Just something, something. I, th I think if we do get someone now, it's going to be a lone player. But I mean, in, in isolation, Will, some of the signings have looked have looked good. Like, uh, the two central defenders we signed, Horsfall and Lewis, have both come from clubs where they've been playing in a back four, and they've had to come straight in and play in a back three with us. So it's kind of been a bit of a stumbling block for them. But I, th I think everyone's everyone's shown signs that they're a decent signing. It's just we don't have a settled team yet. I, th I think every week we're getting further and further away from knowing our best 11. I mean, I, I can just... vouch for Horsful. Um, you know, we, we yeah. watched him through the leagues. We had him here in a brief spell. And, you know, yeah, he, that's right. 
he's a leader, he's an organiser, he's someone at the back and, you know, he, he's a fantastic investment for the next two or three years. You know, he, he's still not particularly old, what, he's mid-twenties now. Yeah, that's um, it. But, you know, he's got that league, he's got that league one experience on him. Um, so that'll come good. Um, it, it's just what the characters up top, you know, you, you've been there, has been done, it's going to do because, you know, Sarsvich on his day is, I'd vouch, still one of the best players in the league too. Um, yeah. you know, Paddy Madden, he knows how to score goals, but how do they fit into a progressive model like Stockport where you need to have younger players who are going to take you further up the pyramid? Um, you know, it's have you got the people who are going to learn off them and that's the way that they garner experience or, you know, are you dependent on them who, you know, they might be a tad injury prone. Um, I think both of them have had disciplinary uh, bits and bobs on them. So, you know, it, is that going to affect you? Yeah, I mean, the, the red like Madden's out for three games, suspended now. He, he got sent off on Saturday, and it's something we'd seen coming from the first day of the season because he was getting so frustrated that he wasn't getting the service, dropping deeper and deeper. And that's exactly it. We're kind of progressing to the point where we're not getting the best out of him, and it's just let it. It just ended up stamping on someone, just an innocuous fifty-fifty, and he's stamped on him and got a three-game ban now. And so we're already light on strikers. He's he's out as well. But it's just, yeah, we, we kind of hope that Sarsovic and Madden would have both stepped up. Sarsovic is our top scorer without having done much besides, but he, he still ended up top, top of the scoring charts at the moment. But yeah, it's, I, don't, I, I don't think the problems we've got can be solved in the next two and a half hours, put it that way. I don't, I don't think, I'm, don't get me wrong, we won't, we won't be getting relegated or anything. But hmm. for a and it's, it's not. There's talk amongst our fan base on on Twitter and Facebook and everything. People saying, "Oh, well, people people got their hopes up that we get promoted." So, well, the club were the ones who came out and said that in the summer. I, I'd be happy with third bottom as long as we're not going into like the final week needing a result. I'd, I'd be quite happy with that. It's just nice to be back. But yeah, it's it's that kind of the club moved the goalpost and said we're going for another promotion, and people are getting arsy. Yeah, I think you need to kind of keep that kind of thing quiet, don't you? You can yeah. have all that kind of in-house. I mean, it happens quite a lot that teams that do get promoted out of the National League go on a great run uh, and either get promoted or are in around the playoffs and, and just miss out. So it, it's because you've got the momentum of, of being a winning uh, winning club with a... Yeah. I mean, what just because we were talking a little bit in the in the group chat earlier on about the players that have that have signed in between us all. I was going to ask you, Will, about how Conor McElhinney was getting on because... Uh, he he had a great season for us the season before I went to you. We signed Liam Horgan, Nick, from you. Um, it seems that your defence has suffered as a little bit, a bit maybe. I don't know if getting rid of him was the issue, or but he's just he's just had an operation. He's out for uh, ten weeks, so we're without him. So that's that's a bit of a kick in the tits. Um, nah, do you think that you, I don't want to count too much? But we were looking the other day, and there's quite a few uh, former Salford players now at Oldham. Yeah, so I'll say it's Salford to County to Oldham. I'm thinking, hang on, they're all on Oldham now. <laughs> yeah, we're, Maynard and Hogan were both with us and have both, both ended up at, at Oldham, yeah. It'll be Curzon Ashton next, if it don't work out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam Walker's another, isn't he? Yes, yeah, another one, yeah. Oh, oh heroes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was always Conor McElhinney getting on because that was that season that he was with us. He banged in loads of goals. That was the season we had Harry Kewell. We scored like second most highest goals in the league, but conceded the most and finished like down. We should have got promoted that season just by get signing a couple of defenders. But has, has, has he gone on to replicate anywhere near that kind of form in front of goal? 
I mean, what what Con struggled with is injuries. Um, you know, right. he's, had, he's had a really torrid time of injuries mm. uh, last season. Uh, it, it took him a few games. He picked up a knock against Newport after he scored. And then he was out for a few weeks, got himself back into it, scored away at Scunthorpe, and then he was out for a couple of months. Um, had a couple of appearances, another knock. That took us up to the summer. Started pre-season absolutely on fire. Um, you know, I think he scored three or four in pre-season. Um, then got his first goal of the season. Who um, was that against? Against Crew, And then he got injured again. Um, he's just come back last week, so... You know, we, we really hope that he'll come back and, you know, stay injury-free because it seems like every time he gets himself going, he has that setback. So, mm. you know, I, I imagine no one's as frustrated as he is, um, you know, with himself. He, he's a really good guy. Um, you know, he put he puts the effort in. You can see the chances he's trying to get onto the end too, but he just always has that injury setback. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully this is the time that he can... You know, show that form because he was wicked against us. Um, you know, for Oldham, mm. um, show, he's shown what he can do, and I think now, particularly that you know, Hendo's moved to Rochdale. Um, you know, Brandon going. You know, Con- Connor's going to be one one of the two leading guys now. So, you know, there is the responsibility on his shoulders, and he'll just be hoping that he can, you know, avoid those knocks. And you know, hopefully, we can see him get up to fifteen, sixteen, you know, even twenty. Because it's it's what you need, and you're not going to get anywhere without that, without a goal scorer like that. And we've not had a goal scorer like that at Oldham for ages, and that that's always so annoying. You talk about getting your business done, Nick, and everything like that. Well, we came up to January, we had, we were scoring so many goals. We desperately needed a right back and a centre half, desperately. But our previous owners, in their wisdom, brought in t- uh, two wingers. Um, that we didn't need, who who were one from Coventry, who was about six stone overweight, and the other one from Peterborough, who presumably had sn- snuck himself into the country, you know, pretending to be a professional footballer of the same name because he was absolutely useless. And 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 we had David Wheater, um, you know, sitting on the in the youth team, and it's that kind of decision making like that that was led to our demise because with the amount of goals we scored and with having Conor McElhenney banging in the goals like he was. We should have got promoted that season, and and that could have taken us out into League One. And now we're in National League, and you're saying Nick, you need that striker. Obviously, Amos, you've got Ergel Hagland or whatever he's called. <laughs> uh, he's going to bang Chambers, God knows how many how many goals this season. How many has he got already? Like six, seven, nine like Premier League, nine Premier League goals, nine, nine already, five, five games. Yeah, I mean, wow. it's, yesterday it was it was still August, and he was on nine. So yeah, mm, that's frightening, isn't it? That's right. I just noticed there, and I was just looking at the uh, at the app on my phone that Forest have just signed their twentieth player. Oh, it's getting it's getting cringy at this point. I think every time they they come out, I'm just sort of because my my issue is, I mean, Matt, you'll know this obviously being an Oldham fan and the trials and tribulations, and and Nick as well. You know that in the past with Stockport's ownership, if Forest go down this season. I'd hate, I'd, you know what? I'd actually love to be in the room in the directors' meeting when the, the like the first day of preseason when they go, right, guys, this is what we've got to offload this season because the, the some of the players are signed. So Jesse Lingard, he was playing Champions League football last year. Uh, Romo Fuller from Atalanta, he was playing Champions League football last year. Re- Renan Lodi was playing Champions League football at Atletico Madrid. These guys are not sticking around for the championship. They're there 
buggering off immediately if they go down. And it's just, okay, there's one side of it, fair enough, they're having a go. But if it don't go to plan, I see a world where they get relegated and then they go down again to League One because that's just the sort of, that, that that's the car crash nature of football at the moment, isn't it? And, and they seem to be gambling a bit. And it's sad when you see, you know, clubs further down the pyramid genuinely struggling and, and, and there's, there's one lad at Forest playing football manager. Have they got a sponsor on the shirt yet? No, no. Because I know, because I know it was apparently. Um, just want to say that Will's had to jo- had to go because uh, the, um, the 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 groundsman's behind him with a knife, telling him he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, just just saying, Will, that the the, uh, the the groundsman's threatening you with a knife to leave. So, <laughs> to so um, yeah, not not quite not that quite. drastic. Life's no, not in no, danger, no, no, but no. yeah. I'm, but, I'm going to have to dip out. Thank you very much, lads. Thanks for bringing (laughs) us that exclusive live deadline. It's Sky Sports-esque. Just brilliant. (laughs) You paid for yourself there. Absolutely. (laughs) There we go. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Will. Bye. Yeah, so Forrest were holding out for like... The the, the offer that they got for the shirt wasn't what they wanted. Um, And so now they're signing all these players and and they've not got the sponsorship deal that they want and, and they're not getting it and... It does seem it does seem quite reckless, doesn't it? Just mm-hmm. yeah, they had they had quite a few players who went out, but yeah. I think the ex, the excuse is is well gone for that. It was like they, they could have made a, a sort of case for 12, 13, 14, but twenty. I think they'll, I think they'll end up on twenty two, which is that's two that's two full squads, isn't it? That's that's two yeah, eleven side games against yeah. each other, not including the players who are already at the club. It's it's mad. I think even even if they were to like get top six with that squad, Steve Cooper would look like you've just told him his family have died in a house fire. <laughs> I just nothing's gonna make them. Have you seen Forest owner as well? Yeah, have yeah. you seen the owner for? He, he, he's a grubby bugger, isn't he? Oh my yeah. word! I, still persevering, yeah. trying to tuck his shirt in as well, which I, I find admirable for a man of that gear. Good on him. <laughs> Yeah, in his little, in his, I think he's uh, dubbed himself the president as well. Um, on one of the Sky Sports games, the commentator said, "Oh, it's the Forest owner." Oh no, sorry, we have to call him the president. It's all very Emperor's oh. New Clothes and stuff, which you know, given, oh, given the shirt situation, is uh, it's sort of playing out a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> it does make you wonder with the shirt situation because Rexon managed to get TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know what what he's expecting. Yeah, like, yeah. What, I mean, what, their, their documentary is superb. Their, their, it's their absolutely brilliant. Directs it. It, yeah, it, I, I can't wait till the end of the season because it's oh. the way the way they manage to balls it up. It will make for. I won't be surprised if it gets a BAFTA. It's that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I because um, I, mean, I love a fo- football documentary. But I managed to convince mm. my girlfriend to watch most football documentaries because there's, there's a human side to the good ones. Yeah. You kind of see in the local community. And so in the latest episode, there was a, a lady in a wheelchair who is the she was the unpaid volunteer disabled liaison officer. And the first thing they did was call her in and offer her a paid job and everything. And my, and my girlfriend's just like, oh, that's good. That in it. It's like, yeah, but wait till you see how they got on the league. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it matters. And then they scored. There was one of the games that the I think it was the. In the first first couple of episodes, where they showed the final game of the behind closed doors season, and Dagenham go a goal up, oh, you know, yeah. to the playoff place, and McGill, and then Rex and equalised. Like on McGill, like, yeah, I'm like, whoa! Have you not seen what I went through? 
over like the last six or seven months. Can you calm it down a bit, please? Uh, yeah. Well, yes, My girlfriend still was the same. Jeopardy, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you might change so, something. gave that woman a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got that to come, Matt. Well, there's there's talk there's talks of a documentary being made with uh, with Mad Frank. Sorry, Frank Rothwell, our owner. Um, um, he was but, you know, the he most does... older man I've ever ever seen. Yeah. Ever. It is, it, it's you safe. type into one of the AI things like show me Oldham's <laughs> next manager. And yeah. That's what comes up. Yeah. This is the thing, though. Yeah. It's is is. <laughs> Maybe if it's like an Oldham stereotype, but he's like he's like one of a kind, really. You don't see many chaps like him right. knocking around Oldham, yeah. like you know what I mean. He's uh, he's, he's definitely eats a pie with his hands. <laughs> and Wigan kebabs. Oh, yeah. He's a fortress pie. <laughs> no, hey, where are we going? Where are we going to talk about Wigan kebabs? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm in. Doesn't that, um, that yeah, one just let us on there, didn't seal it? Seal of approval from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, pie, bread. And sauce, that's your three major food groups. Mm. It needs to be quite wet though, yeah, doesn't it? It needs to be a wet, a wet pie. Yeah, it could be quite yeah, claggy yeah. otherwise. Like, you know, your pastry's yeah. got to be if you've got a heavy dense pastry and a maybe a slightly less than fresh uh, muffin, then you're in trouble. You could not be doing it with a baby's head pie, could you? Do you have baby's, baby's head pies in Oldham? Do you call them that in Oldham? Are they made from baby's heads? <laughs> it tastes better, it tastes better if they were. So you, so you've got your meat and potato, and you've got your potato and meat. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between those two. You're and right. One of them, I'm not sure which, is put into, and it's just, it just looks like a brain in a pie. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like all proper crammed together into like some big ball of like mint of potato. Is that not meat. like a just a meat pie? No, no. I, th I think that is potato and meat, and then the, the normal one you'd get is meat and potato, where it's all kind of liquidy in there i'm just right. i'm just glad i'm here to delineate the differences between these <laughs> pastry-based items uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Bit, i mean i've never heard of a baby's head pie no so no. It might, yeah, so, i don't you know could, you couldn't have one on a bar anyway you couldn't you couldn't be doing that mm. on a muffin muffin on a bread roll spinal column in a bap you know yeah. i don't know <laughs> 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 oh, we've had we've had worse, believe it. But yeah, pie pies in bread. I'm I'm all up for that. It's just apparently, so much carbs, baby's, head, super... baby's head is apparently a steak and kidney pudding. Yeah, maybe it is. But Depends kidney. I'm not I'm not a kidney eater. My local chippy does rag puddings, which are really good. Rag, Do you know, that? United fans ground <laughs> 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 up. <into. laughs> they're they're really good. But uh, what's in that? It's well, it's just like a steak. It's a steak pudding, but it's 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 done in a it's it's a suet, like oh, just the way that it's like a it's not like a you know like well like a Holland's pudding, but it's it's made with a rag made from in a rag traditionally, not anymore. Do you go for a bit of a pea wet? Are you a pea wet fan? Uh, no, I just have a. That's not so much a thing. I don't think in Oldham either, to be honest. I don't think you think anywhere anymore. Like what? What pie juice? No, you're yeah. right. I'll give it a miss. But I don't know. I think yeah. it's died out. Same with what's, scraps. What's the food like at City Amos? Is it is it any because we were talking about food the other week? Where it was? Yeah. So let's, let's let's take it up to the Premier League and see what it's like. Well, up there. yeah, I'm, I'm going to disappoint because I'm a bit like Nick in the sense that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't dare the queue because it's, it's I I'm very much of the opinion you you take it in yourself. It, it big coat 
plenty of pockets. I mean, I've I've never quite gone as far as as Greg's. I think it's cold enough as it is when you buy it. So I don't know if you like that on, on a winter's <laughs> yeah. day. I mean, like frozen, you'd have to defrost it. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, by all accounts, it, it's. I can't remember the last deal they had, but I think Jamie Oliver was involved at one point. Um, you know, if you've got a family of four, then expect to get your house repossessed the day after going to the market if you're buying stuff. But by all accounts, it's meant to be nice, I suppose, for as good as as, as good as uh, football food can be. But yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know exactly. You know, I wouldn't be able to give you a full a full detailed review, unfortunately. I is can't the blue remember. ketchup still a thing. Or is that just a myth? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not surprisingly, but uh, the infamous blue ketchup, yeah. Talking of, of moments of success, that was on City supporters hung on to whilst United were lifting multiple trophies, a, a treble and, and but did you have blue ketchup? No, no. So it's a real I love, winner. I love the fact that this thing still it still lingers. I, I do know City fans who like if, if the wife bought them a shirt that had a bit of red on it, they sent it back. Oh, yeah. I, I know yeah. one one City fan who he he works in a call centre in Manchester and last week they they set up some uh, team team building thing where they ought to go on a day trip. And the day trip was to the old Trafford Stadium tour. Oh <laughs> no idea. They had, a, they had a buffet a buffet in one of the conference rooms in one of the corporate oh. things from after. So obviously for this man this hardcore man city fan who's gone home and away for like fifty years, he was livid at this turn of events. Yeah. So on yeah. the tour where they asked, Does anyone have any questions? He was like, Who's the Welsh bloke who wore number eleven <laughs> in the nineties? How how come you don't mention him? He, he was good, one he you just don't mention him, what's going on? So he's it was well worth it for him. He's he's delighted with that. Escorted out, frog marched. Yeah, yeah. Won't be going again. But he'd asked in advance. He said, "Like, can I opt out of this one?" It's like, well, no. It's a mandatory team building thing because, and yeah, basically, to go, like, well, get... yeah, getting something out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I've stopped putting sign striker yet, Nick. No, we are two hours and two minutes away, and I am honestly the, the refresh button. I've hammered it, absolutely hammered it, and there's there's nothing. We 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 did have fans earlier in the day hoping we'd sign Shimanga from Chesterfield, which, given he's on like en route to Birmingham as we speak, was <laughs> a bit of. I really hope no one at the club has pinned the hopes on that. I hope it's just fans who were like, yeah, inching for that one. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I'm 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 getting a bit. I'm trying to get a bit worried, but as I said last week, I've still got that novelty. Of being like, well, we're in the league now. This is everything we've wanted for eleven years. Mm. So I, th- I think when it gets like November, when it gets like Remembrance Sunday, and we're bottom of the league, then I might start <laughs> thinking, oh, maybe we should have signed a striker in August. You've you've always got that luxury as well of come January if need be, you've got a few quid, you can you can bring somebody in in January. Where, whereas Rochdale, if you know they're still cut adrift, mm. and whoever else yeah. is down there struggling, generally is that it's the teams that don't have any money and. You know, you've got that advantage, so yeah, you, you'll be fine, I think. I think well, Rochdale have got county striker now, haven't they? In Scott yeah. Quigley, so so they've they've yeah. they've got a striker, which I find that once weird again one. we're paying paying someone to score goals for one of our <laughs> yeah. league rivals. Once yeah. again, <laughs> just, I, I, I find that bizarre. unless you've got someone one. lined up, it, it's a it's a bizarre move yeah. to to let someone go. Really, really strange, yeah, especially because I, I thought um, from when I was watching Stockport. Last year, when uh, Chaloner came in, he seemed like it was Chaloner's man. He seemed like he got a lot out of him, and then just obviously 
sort of second half of the season didn't really work out. But but yeah, strange one because he can be superb on his day, but it's how often yeah. that day is. Around the time of Bolton last season, he was absolutely unplayable. Mm, tore them apart. Right. Yeah, tore them apart. Yeah, scored in both games. Absolutely tore them apart in the replay. And then I think around around Christmas he had an injury, and then he had COVID. And after that, it was just might as well play with. I think when we played Wrexham away a week before the season finished, he got put through on goal for a one on one. And at no point did you think, yeah, he's going to score this. It was just mm. the confidence yeah. has gone. So I think good for him that he's got a move, but I'm just disappointed. Disappointed that we're paying the wages of someone to play for another team in our league again. And because we'll, he's on big money, so we'll be paying a, a decent amount of it. And if we don't sign anyone else after that, it's just. What's I agree. You you should you should have come to us, and you should you should have been paying his wages to play for us in the national league. That would have been far better for yeah. everybody because yeah. we yeah. need a striker and all, but. Pff. Can't see us bring you on in, but never mind. Yeah, you, you've you've got until April, so, so you're all right. Yeah. Can you, um, Amos? Can you, um, can you get some of these uh, clones of um, Urgle Harland to us, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's off that, spring. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, would be, that would be perfect. That would be, he could, he could yeah. be a twentieth as good. He'll be he'll be perfectly adequate for, well, for yeah. what we need. So. Uh, shall we wrap it up? Because we've had a, it's, been, it's been an hour. I mean, it flies, doesn't it, when you when you are talking this level of football intellect? But there we are. It's it's gone. Like, I've, I've had Sky Sports news on all day, and I've seen nothing this good on. Uh... No, 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 no. Yeah, and you won't again. You won't again. Uh, I've still yet to use the transition because we've not really got anything to transition. But that when when Russ is around, he's a bit more organised, isn't he? he? He can do the transition. We've got a new. We're not used that again. Um, but we'll uh, we'll sign off and say thanks to Will for joining us uh, live from the uh, Salford City uh, Stadium, nerve where he was nerve centre. Yeah, Amos, thanks very much for joining us. Enjoyed your company this evening. Really appreciate it. Thanks pleasure. for coming on. Look forward to Absolute you coming pleasure. on again. Uh, Nick, as always, it's a pleasure, my friend. And um, don't forget to to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to follow us, to like us, GM Footpod, wherever it is. Check the show notes. It'll all be in there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you again soon. The Greatest Manchester Football Podcast is a QPod production available on all the usual podcast platforms every Friday morning from 7am. Stay up to date with everything from the pod and all our contributors' content by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at GMFootPod. If you would like to get involved or if there's a great Manchester football club you think we need to be talking about and we aren't, please get in touch there too. The title music is royalty-free music from Less FM. Visit lesfm.net for more information. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>